Spoonful of Paolo, here we go. Hey guys, it's Paolo. Now I am so excited because today I get to talk to one of my favorite TV moms of all time. Yes, the one and only Joanna Kearns. Now you guys, I grew up watching Growing Pains. I've been following her career because she has directed some of our favorite TV shows. So for the very first time, I'll see you guys with Joanna Kearns. Okay, are you ready? All right, hi Joanna Kearns. Hi Paolo, how are you? I'm good. I have to say honestly, from the bottom of my heart, for me, having you on the show means so much to me because <laughs> honestly, I mean, I have watched you for a long time. I love, I adore you, you've inspired me. So having you on A Spoonful of Pablo means so much to me. So thank you, thank you so much. My pleasure. You know, My cause pleasure. honestly, I have like one of the best moms in the entire world, I just do. But you know, growing up, I was raised by three TV moms, which was like Angela Bauer, who's the boss, Carol Brady, the Brady Bunch, and then, of course, Maggie <laughs> Seaver from Growing Pains. Um, oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. and now I can say that I finally have interviewed all three of you on our show. So this is a big moment oh, for me. Oh, really? Yes, yes, yes. Um, for you, do you feel like you've helped raise the whole generation of kids? Because you, like I said, you've raised me pretty much through the television. You know, it's really interesting. I get, uh, first of all, when, when Growing Pains was on the air, which was 85 to 92, uh, mm -hmm. And in prime time, before it went into, you know, syndication and did all those other things, um, you know, there were only four networks. So, you know, 33 million people sat down every Tuesday night and watched the show. And they, you know, now you think of the ratings of how many, you know, each, each rating point is a million people. So 33 million people were watching our show and we weren't number one. I mean, Cosby was number one. So, uh, and, and it was between Family Ties and us, but it was, you know, we, uh, I've, I've gotten a lot of, 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 of fans and, and, and people that I've run into who said that they grew up watching the show and that their kids have grown up watching the show. So it, it feels good. It, it feels should good. feel good. Seven seasons, 166 episodes. I remember the last episode of um, Growing Pains, it aired on my sixth birthday april 25th 1992 it was you guys <laughs> leaving and who's the boss as well it was like the last the last episode and i remember clearly when your character maggie siever went into the the house to grab that family uh picture and i remember like her holding it and taking a look in that room i was crying i remember i was crying <laughs> so if that's what i was feeling i can't imagine what you and the cast were feeling that day to have these wonderful you know these seven seasons and there you were the last scene of you grabbing that picture and just taking it all in. What were you feeling at that moment? Well, it was life-changing, that series for me. When I started the show, I was a, a, a single mom, newly divorced with a, a daughter, Ashley, who I think you've spoken yes, to. Yes, who I love so much, and yes. I know, I do too. <laughs> and I, I, she was, I wanna say she was seven, when we started growing pains and so she was 14 when we finished so it was a lifetime i mean it was i i looked around and it changed my life because i went from being a working actress and who would do guest stars i mean i'd had a series before but it only lasted 13 episodes and uh so i would go from show to show and i never knew where the work was going going to come from and i did commercials but this changed my life on that show playing maggie siever 
opened the door for me to do everything I'm doing today to direct. I mean, I started directing on that show. Um, so it was, it was uh, when I looked around the room and I, you know, you're not just looking in a sitcom, you're looking out at the audience, you're looking at the, at the room, but that fourth wall basically is that audience. And I just, it was, uh, it was bittersweet. I mean, it was sad that it was going to be over, but I also knew it was time. Yeah. Yeah, it was time. I get it. Well, not for me, but I get it for you in the cast, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, when you, because I remember you were uh, like auditioning for pilots, you say, and then you got growing pains. And then I think you tested twice for the show. So where were you yeah. when you, you knew you got this life-changing role? Was it when you were auditioning or was it, did they call you? Like, how did you know you got this role then? No, it, it was really interesting because I went through many readings and, and actresses are being eliminated. And I remember we were going to the network. Usually you go to the network uh, once and uh, then they decide and you kind of start work the next day. Right. So I, I go to the network. It was a Friday. I think it was. And it was it was me and one other actress. And I'm trying to remember. It's terrible, but I don't remember the other actress's name. I should. But uh, I thought, well, I've got a 50-50 chance. I'm going to wake up Monday. I really felt good about the audition. And I went away that weekend and I didn't get a call. You know, usually you find out right away. I didn't get a call. Then on Sunday, I get a call from my agent and she says, you know, you have to go back to LA because they, 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 want, to, they want to do one more reading, one more reading. And I'm thinking, well, it's going to be me and this other actress again. I go back. And I walk in and it's every actress I've ever been in competition with for every show and two actors. One was Alan Thicke and the other actor, I don't remember his name. And I thought, oh my God, what happened? What happened? And I went in, I read with him and I remember we did have chemistry, Alan and I. And he was reading with all the ladies, of course, and um, quite handsome. And uh, I left there going, well, I didn't get that one. It's another one I didn't get. And a bunch of us went out to have a drink afterwards, the actresses, and I got the call there saying I'd gotten it. So, and then I went to work the next day. And uh, yeah. I yeah. can't imagine what you were feeling because you said earlier you were going through the divorce at the time, but then you get this life-changing role. So I wonder for you personally, like, were you, did you have mixed emotions? Like, wow, I'm going through something so difficult in my personal life, but yet at the same time, I'm getting this life-changing role that you've worked so hard to get. So I can't even imagine what was floating in your mind at that time. Well, I was just, I was thrilled to have a steady gig. I mean, I, any actor who, who doesn't remember what it's like <laughs> before they get steady work should, you know, go back and remember the early days. But I, I was, you know, I was concerned about raising my daughter and uh, getting, you know, getting, having the money to send her to the schools I wanted her to go to and all the things you need to do. So for me, it was steady work. I was very excited. You know, little did I know it would go seven years and then stay on the, the air forever. Uh, but um, no, I was really excited about it. It was, 
it was a pretty positive. And you, know, you talk about like the chemistry you and Alan had, of course, the late Alan Thicke. I mean, you know this, I know this, every fan of Growing Pains knows this. Yes, the chemistry was so, like, it was so much fun to watch. It was so special. It was like, that's my TV yeah. dad. Did you, did you guys know you had the chemistry? Was it in the audition or was it in an episode? Or, cause you guys, it was just like magical. It was magical, which is hard to find, like to see on television, you know? No, no, it was immediate. I mean, we were both very, uh, I mean, I just, I just think it worked. He was a very handsome and charming man. He was, he was a, he was a rascal, but he was, uh, he was, he was a pretty, uh, a pretty handsome guy and funny and very funny and very smart. Do you often think of him, you know, like through the days or there's like something you're think you see and it reminds you of him or it's the reruns of Growing Pains or you see it on YouTube, like, cause he's always, he's I, in my mind on and off. I know, you know, I saw him a couple of weeks before he passed and um, we just adored one another, you know, and we, we were going to get together. And of course we didn't and never let those moments go by, by the way. And uh, I was, I, it's a big loss to have Alan gone. I thought he would be on, you know, wife number five by now, at least. <laughs> oh my he's God. Causing, he's causing trouble wherever he is, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Did you hear that? Oh my God, that's so awesome. You know, it's so cool because like, I was having like uh, dinner with a friend who's a host for an NBC show here in Chicago. And we're, we're always like, so I'm always like, who's your guest coming up on the show? And he's like, um, Scotty Pippen. And then he's like, Paolo, who's your guest coming up? And I'm like, Joanna Kern. And we're both went crazy. Okay, well, I went more crazy than him. But, um, and then we went home after dinner. We both went home, and I didn't even know this until we talked the next day that we were, we were watching your Earthquake movie, the, the big one oh. that you were on, I think, in 1990. So I'm like, oh my God, in like one week, I get to talk to her. It's so crazy. So yeah. That's so funny. It's so crazy. So much, I just know that there was one scene where they, they showed it in some outtakes where I actually pushed a boulder off a off a car because you know I, I I and I don't know if it wound up in the cut but or if it was just in the com the comedy outtakes where I just picked the boulder up. And <laughs> It, but, it um, was good. Yeah. It was it was good TV for it, airing on television. It was so good, you know. <laughs> um, and then the year before, in 1989, you directed a play called What Every Woman Knows. I think the yeah. producer was Dan Loria from The Wonder Years, and yes. I think it was the start of you getting the bug of wanting to direct. So, what was it like? Because you know, we've seen you in front of the camera. You've directed Growing Pains, as you said. But what was it at that moment that you said, "Wow!" Like. I think this is, I think there's something about this that I like being behind the scenes. Was there a moment or something you wanted? Well, Dan was very, uh, very big in that transition for me because he, he used to call me boss. Um, Dan started, uh, Neil Marlins, who wrote uh, The Wonder Years, uh, Dan did a guest star on Growing Pains. And I think he always had Dan in mind as the dad for Wonder Years because of that. He played a, a coach. And um, when Dan was on, on Growing Pains, he, he started calling me boss and he says, you know, you should be directing, you know, you're bossy, you should be directing. I said, well, bossy doesn't make a good director. Anyway, so he really said, no, I want you to do this. Um, I'll produce it and you direct it. And I, I loved, I, it was Tulis McCall was the actress. She'd written this really great piece and I, I just love the process. I love being out in front and seeing the specific moments 
and how to, I mean, and a, and a play is very different than a television show, but I did, I did get the bug there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so crazy. I mean, you, and you said earlier, you're one of the early ones to direct a primetime show. So, I mean, just, it's got to feel like knowing that you could keep doing and living your dream, like the accomplishments that you keep doing that you don't give up and you keep doing it. So it's got to feel pretty good inside that you've been working so hard and these accomplishments you keep doing, you know? Well, I think when I started directing, I didn't know that I couldn't just move from acting to directing. I really thought I was going to be directing for a camera, uh, coming from for a camera. And the world was really close to me. I mean, I got my car, my, my DGA card, my director's guild of America card, which makes it possible for productions to hire me, but getting that second and third job was really hard because they just weren't hiring women, very few women. And a lot of productions were, were run entirely by men with the attitude, well, we tried a woman once and it didn't work out. So I kind of came up through that. And what's really exciting now is I'm getting ready to go uh, be the co-executive producer of a show called A Million Little Things for ABC. And uh, I think half of our directors are women. Wow. Wow. And um, it, it's exciting and and there's diversity and the networks are doing it and supporting it and so i feel like i was one of the pioneers that came in and where that wasn't possible so it's really it feels good oh i bet it's you know it feels good when i'm watching tv and when it, watching one of my favorite shows and i see directed by joanna kearns my husband's got to <laughs> control me because like oh my god here she's again i can't get away from you but that's okay i love it <laughs> um and, and speaking of directing i know when you were directing on samantha who um you and the star of the show christina applegate there was a moment where you guys were sitting you know on the stage and they were changing the lights or something and she told you something that was life saving for you what was that Chris, Christina had just uh, come back from her elective mastectomies because she had uh, the BRCA gene and she had chosen to do the surgery preventively. And she was still bound, actually. And we were sitting there and she was, I, I could tell she was tired. And I, you know, just started talking to her about uh, her experience, her doctors and whatever. And I said, if you, if you were concerned, what, what doctor would you go to for breast exams and, and care? And she said, uh, Christy Funk. And she gave me the name of the doctor who found my breast cancer. And it didn't have, you know, I didn't have, I, I don't know. I don't think I, I didn't have it then, but it was like five years later because this doctor insisted I do a certain kind of breast exam, not just a regular mammogram, but a, a, a contrast mammogram because I had dense breast tissue. Um, because of that, she saw it pretty early on and it, it probably saved my life. Wow. I called her, I called her up and thanked her actually. Um, yeah, because you know, you never know. She probably had no idea, you know, she probably, didn't remember that conversation, but she did remember the conversation. She's very gracious. And I thought it was really generous of her to share that experience. And I think that's what women need to do with each other is. Yeah. 
to be open and share that. Yeah. Do you feel a responsibility to keep sharing your story? So, you know, maybe someone who's watching our show or, or listening to on the podcast that you could save their life. You must feel like you want to just keep paying it forward, you know? I do. I do. And I was actually just right before this, uh, podcast my I had some really good friends over and of the four women in the room three of us have had breast cancer wow it's ubiquitous so it's it's not a matter you know one of them said uh you know she's had it twice and she said it's not a matter of of if it's a matter of when so I really believe because there's such uh great new therapies with uh breast cancer and if you catch it early you're going to be fine. You just need to be vigilant and you need to do the right kind of exam and find the right doctor. And um, for me, I, I did a lot of talking initially about it because there was a lot of, uh, you know, they were really pushing to get rid of the Affordable Care Act that got rid of a lot of stuff that women need. And I really feel women's health care is uh, a second-class citizen in medicine still. So I think we have to keep pushing and keep telling our stories. You are so brave. You're so beautiful. I mean, I said this in the beginning of the interview. You just, you look gorgeous. You're so intelligent. You're so, I just, oh my God, I can't believe I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> I know that like when, you know, growing up your father, you know, he was a huge sports fan. You did a lot of gymnastics growing up and your father would say to you, he would say, um, if you fail, you have to get up and you have to do it again. It doesn't matter how much it scares you. You have to do it again. Um, how did that advice help you to, you know, like, change your life or live your dreams or help you in your career or in your personal life? How did that help you with your father telling you that over and over? I, I actually think looking back, not just with sports, but in everything I've done, it's the failures that teach you more than the, the victories. I mean, victories feel great and it's a reward for all the hard work you've done. But he was talking to me specifically about, um, falling off the beam, so to speak. You know, I, I did gymnastics and I was trying to learn this certain move and I kept, uh, you know, I kept falling and it scared me. And he said, you've just got to keep getting up and trying again until it doesn't scare you anymore. And I think life is kind of like that. You go through these times and you, you, you failed. You feel like, oh my God, you know, what did I do? And, you know, you feel terribly about yourself, but only by putting yourself out there again and trying it again, you get a different result, you know? And I think actors really know that because how many parts do you audition for that you don't get? And if you, if you let one defeat, one, you know, one some time where, you know, you really wanted something and it didn't happen, get you down, you're never gonna, nobody gives you permission to be successful. Yeah. You know, you just gotta keep following your passion and following your dream. You really do. I mean, look at what you're doing with this show. I think it's fantastic. Well, I feel like we can end the show now, now that I've interviewed you. Because I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that Joanna Cruz has been on our show, we can end the show. But no, my husband will kill me. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, even your daughter, Ashley, like she must feel so proud of the mother that she has, that literally how you've raised her. And you like, I mean, I, it just, she must be so saying, mom, like, well done, well done and how you've raised me and everything I stand for because you both have such a beautiful platform. You do, uh, so. She's a pretty uh, incredible 
woman. And I, 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 I can't take all the credit. I mean, she kind of always, uh, there's always been a uh, kind of a fierce intelligence to Ashley. I always felt like she won the argument with me, <laughs> even when she was this big, you know, I, you know, a mother didn't always know best. Ashley's the best. So, uh, but I had her pretty young. So uh, we kind of grew up together in a way. And uh, she, she has said to me that the example of being a working mom, when a lot of mothers weren't working as much as I was at the time, I mean, it, it was hard for her at times because I was away a lot, you know, or my hours were so intense or she had to share me with the rest of the world. I mean, it, it was or, you know, fans and all that. Yeah, of course, of course. It was hard Well, just to say thank you for being a guest on our show, um, A Spoonful of Apollo, we're gonna donate $200 to a cause that I, I know is very near and dear to you. So to $200 to Notes for Notes, okay? That's what Fantastic. we're gonna do. Fantastic. Yes, yes, yes. Tell everybody why this cause means so much to you and your daughter. Uh, well, first of all, um, Notes for Notes uh, is a nonprofit organization that started in Santa Barbara and they build recording studios in boys and girls clubs around the country. And also now they're going into schools. And when the pandemic hit, they went digital and they would send out kits and teach kids online how to record and write music and write a song. And it's such an amazing organization because I, I really believe music brings everyone together and a lot of uh, boys and girls clubs you know kids would go but there wasn't a lot for them to do now they go and they create something and they get all this agency because they've created it and i think it's i think it's a really incredible organization and my daughter uh works for them she you know she helps find grants and she finds places for them to build and she's very inspired by it and by the people who run it that's so great. And for more information, they can go to notesfornotes.org. Um, I just want to say really just thank you because like, you know, I watched you all those years. I've been following your career and this moment right now that I'm trying to be very present and knowing that I'm interviewing someone who I have so much admiration for means the world to me because you are just a beautiful, beautiful person. So, you know, all those years that you didn't know me and now you know me. Um, I just <laughs> now, wanna, I know you. now you know me. Okay. Um, I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you, you just deserve all the best things that have yet to come your way, really. So just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. This has been a pleasure. And you got to tell me where we see this. Yes, I'm going to I'll send it to your daughter then. We're, when we release it in a couple of weeks, I will send it to your daughter and she'll t yeah, and she'll take care of it. Yeah. We're going to send her the video, the podcast and everything, okay? Wonderful. Uh, okay. Paul. You're a delight. Have a wonderful day. Tell your daughter I say hello and to Betty too, okay? <laughs> Betty. Oh, and she finally got quiet. She left. I saw. Her. She walked away. <laughs> okay. 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 Have a great day, okay? You too. Thank you, Thank Joanna. You. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining me today on the A Spoonful Apollo podcast. For tons more interviews or the video version of this episode, visit our website, aspoonfulapollo.com or our YouTube channel. I'm Paolo Presta, and I hope you always remember to dream big. Dream big. Spoonful <laughs> Apollo. <laughs> I love you, Oprah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next time.